This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We wish you a warm welcome to the Christian Crusaders, Internet and Radio Ministry. In today's message, Pastor Lee Lavig will lead us in a study of Jesus' miraculous power and strength to those who need Him most. Please stay with us for this comforting and inspiring message entitled, In the Hands of Jesus. When the problems of life wash over you, or pummel you like waves breaking against the ocean shore, where do you turn? Where can you receive help, deliverance, or strength to cope? In the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, the disciples learned that when they place their problem in the hands of Jesus Christ, Miraculous things can happen. Let's pray together. Lord God, in the story of Jesus, the Son of God, our Savior, feeding the 5,000, teach us truths about our life of faith, about meeting the challenges of life that equip us to live our lives with courage and hope. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Trials, my 
good news today is recorded in Matthew 14, beginning with verse 13. I read in Jesus' name. Now when Jesus heard about John the Baptist's execution, he withdrew from there in a boat to a secluded place by himself. And when the people heard of this, they followed Jesus on foot from the cities. When he went ashore, he saw a large crowd, and he felt compassion for them and healed their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to Jesus and said, This place is desolate. The hour is already late. So send the crowds away, that they may go into the village and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said to his disciples, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. They said to Jesus, We have here only five loaves and two fish. And Jesus said, Bring them here to me. Ordering the people to sit down on the grass, he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up toward heaven, he blessed the food, and breaking the loaves, he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they picked up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve full baskets. And there were about five thousand men who ate, besides women, and children. Do you ever have problems? Problems so large that you know you can't cope with them in your own strength? Then what do you do? Where do you turn? In the story of Jesus, in the miracle of feeding the 5,000, the disciples and Jesus were facing a problem that required supernatural power to solve it. Jesus had just been rejected in his hometown of Nazareth. It said that he could do no miracles there because of their unbelief. He had also just learned that his soulmate, his cousin, John the Baptist, the forerunner to the Messiah, had just been beheaded by the king because John the Baptist confronted him for the sin of sleeping with his brother's wife. So Jesus was grieving the death of John the Baptist. But the crowds, it says in the gospel, still came, large crowds with great need, and the compassion of Jesus was stirred for them. So he healed the sick, and he taught about the kingdom of God, and all through the day they still came with their tremendous need. And Jesus was tired. And now there were 5,000 men if you counted women and children, maybe up to 15,000 people in a desolate wilderness area without food, that's a problem. The disciples, maybe because they were tired or were they indifferent, said to Jesus, send these people away to the nearby village so they can eat. We can't feed them. Jesus said, they don't have to go away. You feed them. There's a contrast here between the attitude of the disciples, which is indifference or dismissal of the problem, not wishing to deal with it at all, running from it, or Jesus' compassion, which wants to engage the problem in a practical way and offer help. I can understand the attitude of the disciples, not only when I meet problems in my life so big I can't cope with them, but even when God calls me to do something about world issues that feel too big for me. 
if I hear in the news of a child that's been abducted and missing, I grieve. If I see a video on TV of a poor, starving person, I know that the complexities of the problem are so deep that a few dollars offered isn't going to solve it, and yet Jesus asked me to do something about it. When I hear stories about white supremacists who literally believe they should rule or dominate and control and put down other people because of the color of their skin or their nationality, I get angry at the injustice, at the prejudice. But I'm blind to the prejudices that operate in my own soul. Or I hear stories around the world of terrorists who have put innocent people to death senselessly, like not long ago in Barcelona, Spain. I wonder, where will it end, and how can I fix it? I'm kind of like the ostrich that puts his head in the sand and says, it's not my problem. My resources are too limited. I can't fix it. I'm overwhelmed. I don't want to deal with it. Send them away, Jesus. But Jesus in compassion says, you help them. You love them. So I ask you again, when you face life's problems, do you focus on your limits, your lack of capacity, or do you look to Jesus and invite his power to be released into the problem or into the context of the challenge? Remember the verse in Ephesians 3.20. It says, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to his power that works within us. Maybe you've heard this faith quote. God is never at his extremity, therefore we are never at our extremity. We put our problem and our lives into the hands of Jesus, and then miraculous things can happen. In this story of the feeding of the 5,000, the disciples bring five loaves and two fish, but they protest, what is this among so many? They are focused on their limits. But remember, they're in the presence of the all-powerful Lord Jesus. From John's telling of this story, we actually learn that it's a boy that has brought the five loaves and two fish to the disciples. So it's a boy's generosity that becomes the means by which Jesus turns the impossible into the possible. When we put our problems into Jesus' hands, he does miraculous things for us and with us. We actually are invited to become participants in Jesus' miracle to bless the people. God uses imperfect, limited people to experience the thrill of having God work through us. God is never at his extremity, therefore we are never at our extremity. But we have learned in the biblical story from Genesis to Revelation that God takes impossible circumstances and reveals that his power and grace are possible 
for a word of hope for all people. Remember when Abraham and Sarah were promised a child that would be the beginning of a great nation? 25 years later, when Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90, a child was born, a miracle. They named him Isaac, which means he laughs. And the Lord asked the question, Is anything too difficult for the Lord? The answer, of course, is no. Moses stood before Pharaoh, the most powerful leader of Egypt, who refused to let God's people who were slaves in his country go. But ten supernatural plagues later, God's power had convinced Pharaoh to let them go. They no sooner left Egypt than they were confronted by yet another problem, the Red Sea as a barrier. But then by the calling of Moses and the people, the Red Sea divides and they cross over into the promised land. Now, that which was the problem becomes the very means that God uses to defeat Pharaoh and his army and give them the victory. David slays the giant Goliath saying, the battle is the Lord's. And of course, in the incarnation story of sweet Jesus himself, an all-powerful God takes on limits in an emptying of his power and glory. A child is conceived within the womb of a virgin named Mary, and God becomes a man, and the impossible becomes possible in the context of human history. Jesus goes on to live a perfect life. He goes to the cross on false charges. He dies for the sins of the world of all time. And God raises him from the dead so that in the name of Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to all who would believe. That is how the impossible becomes possible in the individual lives like yours and mine. And you and I are invited to be reconciled into a relationship with the living God. God is in the business of the impossible becoming possible. And an extraordinary God lives in the hearts of ordinary people to do miraculous things. Of course, the miracle when Jesus feeds the 5,000 and the disciples distribute the food and everybody eats and all are satisfied and there's 12 baskets left over, it shows us the power of Jesus that he truly is the Son of God. He's the Lord. He's the Savior of the world. Just like God fed his people in the wilderness with manna, now Jesus, as the bread of life, satisfies the soul of all people. The miracle also shows us the compassion of Jesus that always meets us at the point of our need. What is your problem today? Where do you struggle? You can invite Jesus into that very point of life and his compassion will release power and love into your life context. The miracle also shows that Jesus desires to come into our lives and bless us abundantly, to lavish his grace upon us. The same compassion 
that released Jesus' power to feed the 5,000 took Jesus all the way to the cross because the ultimate need of humanity was that our sins would be forgiven so that we could be reconciled into a relationship of love and peace with the Creator God who made us. We can place not just our problems, but our very lives into the hands of Jesus Christ. We can pray as intercessors for other people that have needs, inviting God's power to work for them. I love the story told by Bill Bright in his magazine, Campus Crusade for Christ. The article was called, How You Can Pray with Confidence. He tells the story from the mid-1950s of the Mau Mau terrorist uprising in the country of Kenya. The Mau Mau uprising was a terrorist plot to overthrow a certain segment of the people. And during that time, the missionaries located in Kenya named Matt and Laura Higgins had to drive through the heart of Mau Mau territory on their way to the city of Nairobi They were well aware that many had met a violent death at the hands of terrorists in that very area. It was after dark. They were still 17 miles from Nairobi when their Land Rover stalled. Missionary Matt tried in vain to repair the vehicle in the dark, but he was unable to get it started. Fearfully, the couple locked themselves in the car. They prayed aloud Psalm 4. I will lie down and sleep in peace, for you alone make me dwell in safety. When they awakened in the morning, in the daylight, Matt repaired the Land Rover and they were able to get to Nairobi. The following week, a local pastor, their friend, told Matt and Laura Higgins what had happened while they slept. Three Mau Mau terrorists, in fact, had crept up to their car, intending to do them in, but they saw 16 men surrounding their vehicle, and they fled in fear. Matt and Laura were thrilled, but bewildered by that strange story. What 16 men, they wondered. Some time later, they were on furlough back in America, and the rest of the story came to light when Matt's dear friend asked him, have you been in any danger lately? Matt told his friend about the Mau Mau Rebellion, their stalled vehicle, and the 16 men. The friend nodded excitedly. Yes, it was March 23rd, he said. God burned my heart for you, and I called the men of our church, and 16 of us met for emergency prayer, praying on your behalf. Now, God does not always work that way in our human lives, God does not always release miraculous power to deliver us from all harm or spare us from all suffering. But in this particular case, the intercessory prayer of dear friends delivered those missionaries. We can, in prayer, put problems in our lives in the hands of Jesus. Author Stephen Ambrose, in the book Band of Brothers, told the story of an American paratrooper unit during World War II. One of the stories was about one Sergeant Skinny Sisk, who was one of the few to survive from beginning to end. After the war, Skinny Sisk had a hard time shaking his wartime memories. 
In July 1991, he wrote a letter to explain to his old captain, Dick Winters, what happened after the war. My career after the war was trying to drink away the truckload of Krauts that I had stopped in Holland, and the diehard Nazi that I went up into the Bavarian Alps and ended his life. Old Mo Alley made a statement that all the killings that I did was going to jump into bed with me one of these days, and they surely did. I had a lot of flashbacks that haunted me after the war, and I started drinking. Then my sister's little daughter, my niece, four years old, came into my bedroom. I was too unbearable for the rest of the family, either hung over or drunk. So she came into the bedroom and told me that Jesus loved me and that she loved me. And if I would repent, God would forgive me for all the men I kept trying to kill all over again. That little girl got to me. I put her out of the room and I told her to go back to mommy. But there and then, I bowed my head on my mother's old feather bed. I repented of all my sins and I asked God to forgive me for the war and for all the other bad things I had done down through the years. I later was ordained into the gospel ministry in 1949. Well, I love that story that Skinny Sisk tells about how the Lord redeemed him. Because it tells me two things. The Lord is still in the business of redeeming lives. Jesus is still pouring grace and power into lives to redeem us and start over again. But also it tells me that even a little four-year-old girl can be the one who shares the message of Jesus Christ. In prayer, we can place our problems and our guilt and our very lives into the hands of Jesus Christ. And when we do, powerful, life-changing things happen. Amen.
Would you pray with me? Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that your compassion and power are eager to bless us in our lives. Forgive us when we do not bring our problems to you or ask your help. Renew in us faith to trust you, not only with our problems, but everything about our lives. We welcome your spirit into our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Dear people, hear this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been worshiping with the Internet and Radio Ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has helped you place your problems and your guilt, your very life, into the hands of Jesus Christ, so he may work powerful, life-changing circumstances in your life. Christian Crusaders' first broadcast was aired 82 years ago on September 6, 1936, live from Trinity Lutheran Church in Waterloo, Iowa, on WMT Radio. Now broadcasting on 27 stations in 11 states across the nation, shortwave, on the Internet and satellite, as well as Imani Radio in Kenya, South Africa. We remain a nonprofit ministry supported entirely by the gifts of our listening audience. We encourage you as a listener to consider a gift to continue the ministry of proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ to our world. Letters and gifts may be sent to Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613, or on our website at christiancrusaders.org. We praise God for your gifts and prayers. We encourage you to check out our webpage for more information about the ministry or to hear today's program again. Once again, our web address is christiancrusaders.org. We are happy you chose to worship with us today, and we invite you to join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service was the Reverend Lee Lavig, pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Spencer, Iowa, and associate speaker on Christian Crusaders, now celebrating 82 years of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting. <laughs>